You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. 200 to go, he's a length in front. Ripper's about to peel out for his shot. Off your rocker crocker, then came Major Perry, but Captain Ravishing's travelling well in the straight. He quickly gapped his rival with push-button acceleration. He's dashed away. Captain Ravishing first, second rip, brave again, 20 away third. He's a bit of a Major freak, isn't he, uh, Captain Ravishing? And he made a mess of uh, a very good horse there in Rip and his records 10 starts, 6 wins and he smashed the clock as well compared to those other heats of the breeders on Friday night. Good morning Chris. Steve again, good morning to you, good morning everyone. And he should make a mess of them again this weekend? Well he's drawn to, to dominate again. Uh, he comes up against Rip once again but unfortunately Rip, he's drawn a little awkwardly so he's going to need that little bit of luck but uh, this series, the Breeders' Crown Series, has been completely dominated by the Stewart camp. We've got a big night of action coming up on Saturday night. I was scanning the fields. In one of those semi-finals, Steve, they've got nine of the 13 runners. I think that's in the three-year-old Phillies section. That's just extraordinary. And uh, when you consider how much depth they've got across the two- and three-year-old ranks, it's, uh, it's quite bewildering in many ways. We should try and catch up with Clayton or Emma Chris over the coming weeks and just try and get an insight into that incredible operation. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. It'll be fascinating. Uh, busy time of the year for them right now because they've got the Breeders' Crown and then straight into that uh, they go into the Vic Bread. So many of their horses are Vic Bread Breeders' Crown eligible. So... Busy, busy time, but uh, there's a lot of firepower there, that's for sure. And yeah, certain. I dare say they must disperse a lot of horses as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I know they've got a couple of big breeders on board as well, so uh, a lot of those fillies that uh, show good potential, they go straight off to the breeding barn and uh, they're producing really good foals in our training that we've seen over recent times. Our first guest is with us, Chris. Troy Williams is about to join us. He's coming up from Sydney to participate across the weekend. He's got a key runner on Saturday night in the Group 2 Forever Gold, the Mayor's feature, night two of the Summer Carnival. He joins us online now. Troy, appreciate the time. No worries, Chris. Thanks for having me on. You're a busy man. <laughs> it's, uh, it's pretty busy at the moment. We've got a, a team out of Penrith tonight and uh, the quick trip up here for the week and um, you know, mainly targeted as obviously the mass race on Saturday night at Albion Park. But we, uh, we we loaded up the float and brought six up and got a few in today and Redcliffe tomorrow and, and again on Sunday. So, you know, it's quite busy, but, uh, you know, we've got a, a pretty good team of people behind us and, uh, you know, helps the show go on. So set the, the scene for us. How many in work overall down there in Sydney? Uh, look, we've got about 20 horses in work probably be 25 by the end of next week it just it keeps getting busier which is a good problem to have sometimes but um you know things are things are going well and um you know the horses are all generally going well so you know we're having a bit of fun in the process paces and trotters so you enjoy the challenge working with the trotters yeah they can be a headache as everyone knows but um no i love the trotter and um you know Good sort of trotter. I've won up here and won a few of the DJ heats. I had a good She sort of kicked me off with the trotters, and uh, I've had a couple of nice ones along the way. And um, you know, we've got one in, one in today at Albion, but you know, it's a blend. We've probably got seven or eight trotters there, and um, the rest of paces. You mentioned a bit of a headache. How much longer does it take with the square gaiters compared just to normal pacer education and so on? Yeah, it takes a little bit longer. You probably can't push them as, as hard, so 
square gate is generally a lot of miles and um, under their legs and you know, aim to do everything right. Uh, I use the philosophy of, uh, you know, especially you know when you're driving them and that, you drive them like a, a shipping container, long and slow and, you know, other than a speedboat taking sharp turns. So, it, look, it's it's a patience, you know, sort of game that you've got to have with the trotters. But, um, you know, if you can get them to do everything right, well, you know, they're a good little money earner because the, the pool's not as large. Do you train from a private property, Troy, or are you going to either Penrith or Menangle to do all your, your pace work? No, we train at home, so I've got a five-acre property there with a swim hole and, you know, a nice enough track that I can do a, a bit of light work on. Um, but, you know, three or four times a week, we'll load up the float and we'll head to a, a training facility at uh, Hawkesbury. It's a, a mile track. Um, you know, it's probably as wide as Menangle and, you know, much bigger. Uh, it's really good for gating up babies and trotters, and if you want to give a want a nice hit out, you, know, you can go there and do it and it saves you going to the trials. So no, it's, a, it's a great track. <laughs> How did you get on with the flooding issue earlier this year down there in Sydney? Uh, yeah, pretty ordinary. Um, we, we sort of evacuated uh, four times, I think, in the last 18 months, give or take, and a couple of those times would have been angle and once to Penrith, and then once we sort of came up so quickly, we sort of got stuck in there and we had to swim a few horses out and went to higher ground with them and stayed in to sort of manage it. But, um, you know, it's been a pretty ordinary time, but, you know, a lot of people have gone through it and a lot of people ended up a lot worse than us. But it, it does definitely sort of throw us better in the works when you're trying to prepare horses for races, for sure. Mm, scary times when you're swimming some horses out. Yeah, not ideal. It was a bit cold during winter, <laughs> so, but, uh, you know, when we got it done, that was the main thing. Well, let's talk about Little Bliss. This is the star of the stable. She's up here for this Group 2 feature on Saturday night. She's been a ripper for you, Troy. Yeah, she's been a stellar horse. Um, I was on the radio with Fred Hastings last week after she won at Menangle on Saturday night. And, you know, we talked about the fact that we probably early days, I thought she was sort of just a Penrith horse. She was a nice enough Penrith horse and honest. And uh, luckily enough, through those floods, she, um, you know, we were down at Menangle and I threw her in a trial down there. Sounds like we've lost him. Have we Chris? lost him. Sounds yeah. like it. You're still with us? You yeah, back? no, I'm here. Yeah, okay. you just lost you for about 30 seconds or so. You're just talking about the improvement. Yeah, so, you know, she's, obviously we had a trial at an angle and she went super and, you know, Rob Morris come back after driving her and suggested, you know, let's just put her in there. And she raced through the regional tab series down there in the group one and ran fourth. And, you know, she's really sort of come ahead since then and I think she's won six or seven down there now on a Saturday night and done a super job. Did that win last start confirm this Brisbane trip or were you always planning on giving her a shot at this feature? Um, to be honest, I, I, um, I only come about knowing it was even on about three weeks ago. Um, a mate of mine who's actually driving her, Brendan Barnes, was in Sydney and he said, oh, you should have a look at this race for her. You know, I know she's going well. And so I had a bit of a squiz at it and... Um, she had to go good Saturday night for me to come and, um, you know, over the longer trip, it was a good hit out for her. She sat, you know, second last thereabouts the running line and um, listed home in 54 and a bit over, you know, over the longer trip and went 154 and I thought, you know what, that's, that's good enough for me to head up there. She does race well over a mile and we just got to cross the fingers and hope she got a barrier draw and oh, I'm pretty happy with the five. Okay. How much gate speed does she have? 
Yeah, she can burn the arm. She's got blistering speed off the arm. So um, that is a, definitely an advantage for us. Um, and look, you know, we don't come all this way to die wondering, so we'll definitely be coming off the arm. Right. It'd be a big thing to walk away with a Group 2 feature against her name. Oh, massive, you know, and it's great for her breeding credentials in the future. I mean, it's a good family anyway, Chris. Like, you know, she's a half to my ultimate Ronnie, which we've seen, you know, go up against, you know, some of the best. And I think run second to Elite the Fame a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, it's a nice enough family. And if she could get this under a cap, that'd be great. And, you know, set her up for the future, you know, as a really nice broodman. Okay, well, we wish you the best of luck with Little Bliss. Shadow Eclipse also starts on Saturday night. He runs from gate two. How do you rate him? Yeah, look, he's, a, he's been a really nice horse. Um, probably horse that, um, you know, was borderline retirement there maybe 18 months ago. And um, the owners who have been really good supporters of our stable, you know, um, brought him across and um, said, see how you go with him. And I think we've won maybe 10 with him thereabouts. Um, He's a horse that's sort of got a follow speed. So if the speed's on and he's on a helmet and he's drawn, you know, nice enough to get that helmet handy early, um, I think he'd be there in the finish. He does his best work up the straight. So, uh, he, you know, he generally can't do a lot of lot of bullocking work. But, um, you know, if he, he follows a helmet, you know, I think he's there about, give or take. OK. Two runners tonight at Penrith, three at Albion Park. How many do you think you can walk away with by the end of the day? It'd be nice to walk away with one, but uh, you know we'll take whatever we get as long as they uh, all go well. I mean, the three obviously that are in at Albion Park, they travelled up Tuesday morning, and they've all travelled well. They've all eaten up, and you know they seem reasonably fresh. And um, I think they're in races that probably suit them well. Um, I think Dream Inception, you know, he should run a nice race up here in the trot, and then later in the day, Grey Cadillac. Well, you know, he's been racing over a mile at Penrith, and sort of had to chase a little bit, but uh, over the longer trip here at Albion Park today, and I think um, you know, I think it'll suit him down to the ground. All right. Well, we wish you the best of luck. It's always great having you here in Brisbane, and hopefully you can get that Group 2 victory with Little Bliss there on Saturday night. That'll be lovely. Thanks very much for having me, Chris. There's Troy Williams joining us, so we wish him the best of luck across the weekend. He's got a number of runners stepping out, and hopefully there's some uh, feature race glory headed his way as well. Mark Ducks, it's been a huge week, Steve, for Lincoln Farms. They've claimed another New Zealand Cup. Ray Green, the, uh, the chief trainer for Lincoln Farms, would copy that. And uh, they're hoping that good fortune carries over this weekend because Mark Ducks, who trains a lot of the Lincoln Farm horses here in Queensland, has got several runners stepping out, including Tommy Lincoln, who goes around in the Group 2 Queensland Cup. Mark Ducks is about to join us now. Mark, good morning. Yeah, good morning, Chris. It's been a big week for Lincoln Farms. Yeah, it's been a real good week. Um, the back up and winning the second New Zealand Cup, copy that, you know, Ray's, Ray's over the moon. Yeah. He's a great trainer, isn't he? Oh, he does a terrific job, Ray. He knows his horses well. He knows exactly what he's got to do with them. And he get, keeps getting the job done. Mm. You know your horses inside out. Tommy Lincoln, he was second last week in the, uh, the Be Good Johnny sprint behind Black Sedans. Can he turn the tables this weekend? Uh, Chris, it's a it's a tricky draw. Um, obviously, we'd like to draw down on the fence somewhere, but um, look, I, I think the race good again. Um, it looks to be good speed. Turn it up or go forward, I imagine. Um, you know, we'll just have to slot across and uh, get in the running lane somewhere there, and I'm sure there'll be some pressure at some stage. Ducks and Ants will be coming around. So, um, look, he'll race good again. He's, his runs every week have been good. 
you know, he's probably just a little shy of the best ones. He probably just can't quite do the work that they can do. But look, he's he's never far away, and if you know the brakes go his way, he'll be there about. Is this the best you've had him right now? I think it is. I'm really happy with him. You know, he's uh, he's just been over racing a little bit, and we have a little bit of problems sort of getting him to settle, and he just always want to go too hard. Well. Now, his last few runs, he's just starting to relax better and, um, you know, he's, he's really finishing off and his sectionals have been really good. So, you know, you can't ask much more than that. And, you know, he's very comparable to, you know, like turn it up and that, you know, he's been running home and sub 26 and things like that. So, you know, when you're running those sort of times, you obviously can go a bit. Mm. Barrier draws are everything at this level though, aren't they? Well, they are. That's that's the thing. Um, you know, if we had explosive speed, like turn it up, well, you know, we earn a check every week. But, you know, because we're probably just not that quick. Uh, you know, we've got good speed, but probably not that quick. And, you know, if you don't get the right trip, you know, you, you're still running your big times and that, but you, you might, it could easily run fourth or fifth or sixth even, you know, and, uh, and still run a, a sub, you know, 55 half. Mm. One of the other key runners on Saturday night happens to be Argyle in that Group 3 feature for the Colts and Geldings. He comes up from Victoria. Ray brought him across for a shot of the Victoria Derby. What are the expectations with Argyle? Oh, look, Chris, uh, he's an nice horse. I don't say he's any superstar, but um, look, in that race there on Saturday night, I think he'll race well. Um, you know, he's Probably a little bit awkward to draw. You know, we'll probably just be conservative with him early. But, um, no, he'll be finishing off for sure. Was there any temptation about trialling him or you were happy to go straight to the races? No, I'm happy to take him straight to the races. You know, um, I've seen enough at home and I'm, I'm pretty happy with the, the way he's come along. You know, I, I don't see any reason that he had to trial. Um, you know, we're not taking on the best ones. So, you know, he's... Whatever he does, I'm sure the run will improve him. But, um, no, he, he's done enough at home to, to say he should race well, that's for sure. OK. It's not a short-term stay. He's here for a while? Oh, well, it'll just depend on uh, how the horse races and um, if there's any interest in him to the States. I suppose that'll be where he could end up. But um, at this stage, um, we're just sort of running through his grades and, uh, and sort of play by ear. OK. Uh, Captain Nemo, he's the emergency for the Bill Dixon. He was stiff to miss out here. Yeah, I thought he probably would have nearly got a run. Um, look, he, he, his first up run was terrific. He was um, just probably over-raced a little bit in the middle stages. Um, Luke Whitaker drove him, just thought he just wanted to get too keen and just went a bit too quick in the middle stages and it probably was his undoing. It was probably just maybe one good hit out of a, you know, being quite right and he looked to have him covered and he just, just got tied up the run and, you know, and, uh, you know, I think the winner's since gone on and won again. So, um, yeah, look, I'm, I'm more than happy with him. And if he gets a run, well, you know, he'll, he'll race good, bad draw. You know, we'll, we'll need a lot of luck from the alley, obviously, you know, and they'll go hard. But, um, no, he, he he's more than competitive, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, one final one before I let you go. Steve and I were talking about this earlier. How old was Hal Thomas before he uh, retired? Oh, look, Hal was about 15, I reckon, when he had his last race. I reckon he was about 15-year-old at the time. He's, you know, we've, he's 27, I think, now. We've still got Is him. Is that right? And, uh, yeah, <laughs> and still got the old boy. And, um, you know, it was a terrific horse. Like, he just, 
he was one of those horses when you you needed to win, you know, he'd just he'd be there and he'd deliver for you. You know, he was just that sort of horse. You know, he'd, uh, you know, I think he was Elliot Park Horse of the Year a couple of years running there. You know, and he he did it all through the claiming races, which uh, you know, admittedly, it's probably a lot easier to win the claiming races to to be the horse of the year, but um, he was still good enough to to do it and. Uh, yeah, he, he was a good old horse, you know, really nice old horse. Is there a limit? And no, on and no doubt, they... Steve would have backed him a lot. I did. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Is there a limit? On the um, uh, uh, look, nowadays, um, I think they changed it. They did have to retire at one stage, um, yeah. and I think they end up changing it. And I'm not sure whether there's a limit now because it's very rare to have horses getting down to, you know, the 15, 16-year-old and still racing, you know. But, um, no, he, he was just um, one out of the box that, you know, just sort of kept go- going and going. And um, and as I said, I'm, I'm pretty sure he won even when he was 15. I think that was one of his last wins as a 15-year-old. So, mm. great job. Yeah, now we've got Lancelot Bramack doing the job, haven't we, as an older horse? Exactly. He just mm. keeps going round and round, you know. Now... You know, like when you come up a, with a, a maiden coming through the grade, you you look to see that you you've got a racehorse like Lancelot Bramant that's made so much money and won so many races, and you know you you might have a horse that's won two races having a racing. So, and they're tough horses. You know, he might be at his best anymore, but he's he's still one of those tough campaigners that keeps on keeping on. Bit like sunset. I really appreciate off. the time. Oops. I was just saying, a bit like Sunset Candios. He raced on for a while, didn't he? He did, yeah. yeah. He, he was a nice old horse, Sunset Candios. We yeah. trained him for um, uh, Joe Cordina. Oh, Cordina did you really? Yeah. So, yeah. He went around uh, yeah, in, no, the, in the Dominion Series, didn't he? A couple of them. He did, he yeah. did, yeah. Back in the 80s, yeah. We took him to New Zealand. I think he ran third behind uh, My Lightning Blue in the final. So, Thank yeah, no. Thanks, Mark. 1987. We'll see well, track side. All right, not a problem. Chris was six then. <laughs> he, he wouldn't remember, Mark, but anyway. No, he's just I'm looking sure up, he doesn't. He's looking up the record books. But we, we, exactly. actually, we actually remember because we were around then. Thanks for that. <laughs> not a problem. Mark Ducks, Chris, joining us. He's had a lot of good horses, Mark Ducks. Mm, he has a indeed. A lot of good horses. Yeah. So, Our next guest is with us. Next. Yes. Yeah, he's had a lot of nice horses and he's still got nice horses. Jared Elgin, he's going to be part of the action here on Saturday night. Two key runners in the Group 2 Trotters Sprint. He joins us now. Jared, appreciate the time. No worries. Thanks, Chris. Regal attire and doff your cap. Yep. How are they going to go? Uh, no, they'll go good. Um, they've both been working really good. Um Regal attire was a little bit disappointing, well, very disappointing at his last start, but we pulled a blood of him and he had a virus, so um, we freshened him up and his work since then has been really good. And got your cap, um, this will be his first start since running in the, in the group one up here over the winter carnival, and um, he was pretty unlucky that night. He just couldn't really get out. So he tried really good at Menangle last week and... Um, it was sort of a last-minute decision to come up here and race them with no race, no trotters race that they are eligible for at Menangle this week. So um, we're on the road, and I think they'll both go very good. Given the fact that Regal Attire's got race fitness on his side, is he the preference? Do you have a preference one over the other? 
I think Donkey Hill Cap's the better horse of the two, but um, Regular Tyre's probably got the, the better draw. Um, and I don't think Vicious will be an issue with Donkey Hill Cap. He's been in work a long time, um, and, he, and he had a trial, and um, fitness won't be the reason he gets me. Okay, you've got two of the best drivers uh, engaged for your horses. Grant Dixon on Regal Attire and Shane Graham driving Dock Your Cap. Yeah, it was um, it was pretty fortunate to get them too, with them having no other drives in the races. So uh, usually when we come to, to Queensland, Nathan Dawson does a lot of our driving, but he had another drive in the race. So, um, yeah, very lucky to get Shane and Grant. And I think... Um, yeah, they're going to need a little bit of luck from their draw, but um, barring bad luck, they'll know they're there, that's for sure. Okay. You're also chasing Group 1 Glory on Saturday night at your home track in Sydney at Menangle, Madrid. Can she bounce back and take that Breeders' Blue final? Yeah, I think she can. Um, we're really happy with her run in the Breeders' Challenge final. She just got left out in the death there, and um, that's not the way she likes to race. Um they got trucking around the bend there. They went 26 around the bend, and um, she just got a bit tired late. But she only got beat nine metres, and she got a little bit of interference halfway up the stretch. So um, I, I, I was really happy with her run, um, and she's bounced out of that terrific. So I, I definitely think she's the one to beat. Um, but ideally, Dreams is going really good. Um, and I, I probably think them two are the main two, but... Um, you, you never know. Is this her final start for the year? Yeah, yeah. She'll um, she'll go out now and we'll assess. We've had a fair bit of interest from America for her, so it's up to the owners now whether they look to, to sell or to race her on a little bit longer. Okay. Now, I'm very keen to ask uh, about this horse, My Ultimate Ronnie, a runner-up in the, uh, the Group 1 feature, the Breeders' Challenge final behind Leap to Fame. How do you rate Leap to Fame? Great. Yeah. Yeah, okay. great. What well, he's uh, he just his horses that do what he's done. There, there hasn't been many of them in three derbies, and um, I, I honestly thought we could beat him in the semi-final of the the British Challenge because I thought Grant would have been fairly easy on him, um, and my horse was ready to go and. Um, for him to beat me that night, I thought we had no hope in the final. So if he can beat me now, with no hope in the final. And I said to Kim, we're just going to have to go as quick as we can and, and just hope that he does a lot of work. And um, He was too good for us. In, again, like, I think they went 48-9 or something like that, 49 dead. Or, and uh, like on the line, he, he just ran away from us. But not a... We were just unlucky. Grant got in at the start there. I probably needed Grant to be three wide around the bend. And uh, Grant's just such a good driver. He got in at the start. And then as soon as they hit that back straight, he made his move and um, was probably game over then. Mm. Have you considered the New Zealand derby with my ultimate running? Yeah, it was, it was something that we're, we sort of contemplated um, just with like the limited options as three-year-olds and with his high rating, like he's verging on 100 rated now. So, um, or something that we're contemplating with the Kudu going to the New Zealand Cup and maybe not going to the Derby. Um, but 
Like you can't be everywhere, and he's got the chariots of fire in our backyard. Uh, we, we, Green Source, like the fame, not going to the chariots. Um, albeit there's going to be a, a lot of other horses there, but um, we haven't had to, we won't have to travel with him, and he hasn't been the soundest horse in the past, although he's very sound at the moment. Um, so we just opted to give him a few weeks off now, and we'll just concentrate on the chariots of fire. Okay. I'll ask this question. If you had to meet one, which one would you rather meet? Leap the Thame or a Kuda? Oh, that's a tough question. speaks for itself. Jared, as always, really appreciate the time. Safe travels. Look forward to seeing you trackside Saturday night. No worries. Thank you. Interesting comments this morning from Jared Elshin, Mobile Rolling. Boy and better my dreams, but Rock on Top is going to absolutely decimate his rivals. Into second, distinguished taste, feeling aces. Now wait for the bell. Up the inside comes Bayardo and Special Lady Rocket's home. But it's a one-act affair and a domination by Rock on Top. Special Lady was really yeah, good. Matty Young called that meeting yesterday. We're just waiting for him to join us, Chris. But this horse has got a good record over there. He's had, uh, what, 27 starts for seven wins. And he started short yesterday and, and just a domination there, as Matt mentioned in the call, Rock on Top. Yeah, absolutely. They had a big race on Monday afternoon too, the Pinjara four-year-old classic. Labridge Joe was able to find top there and run out a, a dominant victor. Just going back to that uh, question, just with Leap to Fame, it's amazing. Yesterday I spoke with Sean Grimsey, how trainers are now changing their plans around what Leap to Fame is doing. It's been made well clear that Leap to Fame's going for a good break, no chariots of fire. They're looking at the carnival and then the Eureka, Trainers are now changing and they're now subtly focusing on the chariots of fire because obviously they just don't want to run into leap to fame. Mm. Jared's just outlined. That's what they're going to do with my ultimate Ronnie. Andy Gap is pushing towards the chariots of fire with Catcher Wave. He's bypassed the Breeders' Crown. He'll focus on the Vic Bread and then the chariots. Captain Ravishing goes towards the chariots as well. So interesting how they're just starting to play, you know, those little games about dodging and weaving one another. Mm. But it all comes around uh, on the plans of, of leap to fame. Just in a cooter... Uh, Kakuta's run. Chris, he appeared to have his chance, but ran solidly against those war horses there. Is that fair? Yeah, I think that's fair. He, he was more than sound in that race. So uh, he was given a, a lovely trip. You know, he, he's technically four, but still listed as a three-year-old going up against those 
you know, seasoned and, and, and well-campaigned horses. So he did as good as he could. Could you say Leap to Fame would have done any better? Well, it's just the great oh, unknown. But uh, I'm I sure he would have. If you were the, yeah, I think they would have been really pleased, the connections of Akuta with his effort there on Tuesday. Yeah, think about Leap to Fame. He can do it tough and still win, which is extraordinary. Um, wouldn't like to see Akuta in the death in some of those races that Leap to Fame won anyway. Yeah. Uh, Matt Young's with us. Matt, we're just saying that horse yesterday that you called there was quite impressive. He's obviously got a good strike rate now, rock on top. Does indeed. Very good morning to you boys. Uh, yeah, he's a very talented type, rock on top. He was a winner as a group one as a two-year-old and has just uh, run into, oh, I guess, a bit of bad luck, a bit of bad manners in uh, recent weeks. And, you know, it's uh, just it really took its toll on him being able to obtain a start in the WA Derby, but I can see him going out for a break and coming back as a four-year-old and being a very talented four-year-old. He's going to win a lot of races. Well, we've got a big night in front of us tomorrow night at Gloucester Park. Ten race program. The feature is race five, the James Brennan Memorial. For the open class performers, how do you see it? Yeah, look, it's going to be an interesting race. I think Hampton Banner can cross at the start. So 2,500 is a little bit of a concern of mine for Hampton Banner. And Magnificent Storm's probably going to get to the breeze pretty softly. So it's going to be a race where uh, they could be getting a little bit tired late. So I'm going with Patronus Star, who I thought was really impressive on return last week and has got uh, a great deal of ability. He's got a great record over 2,500 metres, and I think he could be the sweeper late. So uh, on what we saw last week, he's come back. He's in fine fettle. He should strip fitter for the run. He should go really nicely here. So race five, number 12, was... Uh, one of my plays for that race. Okay. What is your best bet for tomorrow night? Well, I thought uh, the best on the card was race seven, number four, Swagger Man, who has got uh, plenty of uh, speed. This horse has got good depth, good ability, and I think he can work to the top over the 2,500 metres, and I thought he looks really hard to beat. So I'm with him, race seven, number four, Swagger Man, who trolled up pretty well recently. It was only a moderate time, but he slipped home in 27-2 and did so pretty comfortably. So... He's my top selection and best bet for the night, race seven, number four. Okay. Willie Pike back in town, had a winning yesterday. Over the past couple of weeks, it's been the Gary Hall Jr. show. I mentioned to Steve last Saturday morning, uh, he's had 20 winners at the last four Friday night uh, meetings. So that's five a week. How many is he going to win tomorrow night? Um, Good question. Uh, He did say during the week if if he didn't drive, if he only drove one winner, for the meeting, he wouldn't know what to do with himself now. So uh, Prince of Pleasure will definitely win. That's, uh, that's a winner. Master Publishers a decent chance of winning, and uh, Beat City's got a decent chance of winning. The Mustang should go pretty close. Uh, Wild West, I can't see him winning. 18 Carrot can win. Uh, down the page, he's got high price who can win, but for the best bet followers, hopefully it doesn't. Robbie Rocket will find it a little bit tricky. Moonlight Drive first up will probably need the run and Glorophilia is probably very unlikely. So I'd say he's probably looking at about three conservatively and uh, he could get more without surprising. Okay, just on Prince of Pleasure, this is a very talented horse. He's unbeaten this prep four for four. He's had his fair share of issues along the way. Could he be the type of horse that could be uh, aimed towards the Nullarbor, the, the new slot race over there next year? I think so. He definitely could be. He's got all the talent in the world, this horse. He's done uh, three tendons in his career, so he's a day-to-day proposition. But at this stage, he's doing everything well, and uh, he's got uh, freakish ability. We can see that. And 
if he can put it all together, then he's going to be uh, one horse that is really one to watch going forward towards free-for-all ranks. He's only lightly raced. He's undefeated in WA, but six from six, he's been ultra-impressive in every win, especially his last two over the mile. Yeah, yeah, he looks uh, he looks very, very special. There's no doubt about it. Prince of pleasure. And Matty, as always, really appreciate the time. Race seven, number four, Swagger Man. That's our go for tomorrow night. We'll chat again next week. Cheers, boys.